0: Welcome to episode 9 of the Mr. Dog Podcast, where every week, until Christmas, we're reading another of Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. Payne wrote three books of hollow tree stories, one for each of his three daughters. The last story in the series is called Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn, and it's that wonderful final story that has been read aloud in my family for three generations now every Christmas Eve. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That So Enterprises. Last week we heard a story about a big party that all the Deep Woods people had, and how Mr. Robin accidentally invited Mr. Dog, and how he ended up scaring everyone. Well this week, Mr. Turtle is going to tell a story. And I think there are a few things in it that will surprise you. One note, these stories were written over a hundred years ago, and so sometimes there's an odd turn of phrase. At one point Mr. Turtle says that it's raining like 40, which just means that it's raining really really hard, like it rains in the 40 day and night storm in the beginning of the Old Testament of the Bible. There's also a reference to a latch string, which is an old-fashioned way of securing a door. The latch would be on the inside of the door. There'd be a little hole that you could push a string out if you wanted guests to be able to open the door from the outside. All right, now that that's settled, let's begin. This one is called Mr. Turtle's Thunder Story. Once upon a time, said the storyteller, when the crow and the coon and the possum lived together in three big hollow branches of a big, big hollow tree in the big, big deep woods, and used to meet and have good times together in the parlor downstairs, they had Jack Rabbit and Mr. Turtle in for supper. It was a nice supper, too, for it was just about strawberry time, and strawberries grow thicker in the big, deep woods than fur on a kitten's back. Mr. Crow, who is a great cook, had made a nice shortcake and been over to Mr. Man's pantry where he gets some of his best things and borrowed a pail of sweet cream when Mr. Man wasn't at home. Of course, they had fried chicken, too, first. And by the time they were through their shortcake and had lit their pipes, Mr. Possum, who likes good things better than anybody almost, could hardly open his eyes. He said he wished he was a poet, like Mr. Jackrabbit, for he had never been so full of summer happiness since he was born, and if he could only make rhymes, he knew that poetry would slip right off his tongue. Then, of course, Mr. Rabbit wanted to show off, and without stopping a second, he commenced to talk poetry this way. In the summertime I make a rhyme for every breeze that passes, for I can always make it chime with lassies, grasses, sasses. Mr. Possum said that he couldn't do that if it was to save him from being hung the next minute. And Mr. Rabbit went right on without catching his breath. Wherever I go, my verses flow. I keep it up for hours. I'm never short of rhymes, you know, with bowers, flowers, showers. Well, that set them all to wondering how Jack Rabbit could do it so easily. And Mr. Rabbit didn't think to tell them how he'd sat up all the night before to compose this poetry so as to have it on hand and ready for a chance to use it. He said that it was somebody else's turn now and that maybe Mr. Turtle would give them a performance of some kind. Mr. Turtle wanted to change the subject and he got up and walked over to the window. He said that speaking of showers, it was so warm and close he shouldn't wonder if they had one before morning. He said he believed there was lightning now off in the west and seemed like he could hear thunder, too. Then they all talked about thunder and lightning and what they were, but nobody seemed to know except Mr. Turtle himself. Why, he said, I thought everybody knew that. Then he went on to say that he'd known the story ever since he wasn't any bigger than a pants button, and all the others said he must tell it to them, because it was his turn anyway. And Mr. Turtle was glad to do that, For he really wanted to show off a little, like Jack Rabbit, only he hadn't known before how to do it. So he filled up his pipe nice and fresh and lit it and began. Well, he said, of course you know my family all live to be pretty old. I'm only 316 next spring myself. But Uncle Tom Turtle, who lives up by the forks, is a good deal over 900. And he isn't nearly as old as Father Storm Turtle and his wife, who live up in the Big West Hills, and make the thunder and lightning. Mr. Turtle stopped a minute to light his pipe again, and all the others just looked at him and couldn't say a word. They knew he was pretty old, but they had never thought much about it before, and what he said about father and mother Storm Turtle they had never even heard of. But Mr. Turtle just lit his pipe and puffed and said, To tell the truth, I never did hear of any of our family dying of old age. And I shouldn't wonder if Old Man Turtle himself would still be alive, too, if he hadn't tried to swallow a mussel fish with the shell on and got it stuck in his throat a million and twenty-five years ago last spring. Anyway, that's according to the date cut on his shell overcoat that Uncle Tom Turtle saw once at Father Storm's house up in the Big West Hills. I don't know how many great-grandfather's back Father Storm is from me, nor how many from father storm old man turtle himself was but i know father storm got his shell overcoat after the muscle fish wouldn't go down and that it was a great deal too big to take in the house and it used to set out in the yard on four bricks for the children to play under father storm turtle had a big family then and they were pretty troublesome they had a habit of wandering off in the woods and forgetting to come back Every night, Mother Storm had to stand in the door and call and call, and not be able to sleep if they didn't come, especially when it was cloudy and looked like rain. She knew that if they got wet, they'd all come home with bad colds and sore throats and make trouble and expense. Three of them, named Slop, Splash, and Paddle, were worse than any of the others, for even when it didn't rain, they were always playing in dirty puddles and would come home all muddy and with wet feet. At last, one day when Mother Storm Turtle had shouted herself hoarse and couldn't make any of them hear, she said she wouldn't put up with it any longer, and that Father Storm had got to fix up some way to call those children home when she wanted them, especially when it was going to rain as it was now. So Father Storm went out into the front yard and sat down and looked at the clouds and thought and thought, All at once, just as he was about to give it up, he happened to be looking right at the shell of Old Man Turtle himself. He jumped up quick and hit it with his cane, and when it made quite a loud sound he laughed, for he knew now how he could make those children hear when he wanted them. He didn't say a word to Mother Storm Turtle, but went right to work and dug two holes and put up two tall posts in the yard and fastened a stout beam across the top of them. Then he worked until he had bored a hole in one end of the shell of Old Man Turtle himself, and put a chain in it, and dragged it over and strung it up between the two posts, so that it swung there and didn't quite touch the ground. That, of course, made a thing a good deal like Mr. Man's dinner gong, only a hundred times as big, and about a thousand times as loud. Then Father Storm went out into the woodhouse to make a club to beat it with laughing to himself now and then, when he thought how Mother Storm Turtle would most have a fit when she heard it for the first time. But while Father Storm Turtle was doing so much, Mother Storm had been thinking and doing some herself. She was getting supper, and when she looked into the fire to put in a stick of wood, she just happened to think that if she could make a torch big enough and bright enough, when she stood in the door and waved it, those children would see the light, especially nights when it was dark, just before a heavy rain. So she went right to work and made one, just as big as she could make it, put lots of oil and fat on it to make it bright. She laughed to think how Father Storm Turtle would jump when she waved that out the door, and how the children would come running when they saw the big flash. Then she noticed that it was getting darker and darker and would rain in a minute, so she hurried up and lit it, and stepped to the door and gave it a great big swing. And just that second, Father Storm hit the shell of Old Man Turtle himself with a big hickory club, and there was never such a light nor such a roar in the world as that was. Mother Storm Turtle tumbled over backwards and set the house afire with her torch, and Father Storm was so frightened by the big light that at first he couldn't help her put the fire out. And just then it began raining like forty, and all the children came running and screaming out of the woods, half scared to death by the big light and noise. It made a terrible commotion there for a few minutes, until they got the fire put out, and people heard it all over the country, even to Mr. Man's house. And when they found out what it was and who started it, everybody called it a storm. And rain and wind and thunder and lightning, or most any other kind of fuss, is called a storm to this day, after Mother and Father Storm Turtle. And that, said Mr. Turtle, lighting his pipe once more, was the first thunder and lightning. And whenever people saw it after that, they said, we're going to have another storm. For Father and Mother Storm Turtle went right on using the big torch and the shell of Old Man Turtle himself to call in the children just before a rain. And the children would come running every time, all except slop, splash, and paddle, who got so at last that they liked the mud and dirty water better than anything else. They liked the mud so well that Father Storm told them one day they might go and live in the mud and be named Mud for all he cared. And so they did, and their names were Mud, and they all and all their families live in dirty water and are called Mud Turtles to this day. They never went home again. But whenever they hear Father Storm pounding on the shell, they stop whatever they are doing and listen. And that's how the saying began that a mud turtle never lets go till it thunders. What makes the noise always get louder and the light brighter just before it rains? asked Jack Rabbit. Why, you see, said Mr. Turtle, Father and Mother Storm's grandchildren and great grandchildren are a good deal scattered now and as the old people run the thunder and lightning mostly on their account, they try to make it just about bright enough and loud enough to keep up with the rain wherever it goes. It's plenty loud enough, said Mr. Coon solemnly. And plenty bright enough, said Mr. Crow, blinking. What makes it set things on fire sometimes? asked Mr. Possum sleepily. That's when Mother Storm Turtle swings her torch too hard. "'And coals fly out of it,' said Mr. Turtle, as he got up and walked over to the window. "'Then the crow and the coon and the possum and Jack Rabbit, got up, too, and walked over, "'and they all looked out together. "'It was dark among the trees below them, and Mr. Turtle pointed off toward the Big West Hills. "'You see,' he said, speaking low, "'Mother Storm is beginning to swing her torch.' and you'll hear Father Storm pounding before long on the shell of Old Man Turtle himself." So the five friends stood very still and listened, and pretty soon they did hear a low, far-off rumble, sure enough. "'That means it's time to start for home,' said Mr. Jackrabbit, reaching for his hat and cane. Mr. Turtle reached for his hat and cane, too, and they felt their way down the dim stairs, with Mr. Coon holding a candle. And Mr. Crow and Mr. Possum looking after them. Good night, everybody, said Mr. Turtle. Push the latch string in from the outside, called Mr. Crow. Then I won't have to come down. All right. Good night, called back Jack Rabbit. Good night. Come again, called the Crow and the Coon and the Possum. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. This week we heard a pretty crazy story from Mr. Turtle. It certainly explains a lot of things I've wondered about. Well, next week we have a fantastic story called A Deep Woods Fishing Party, which tells about an adventure involving Mr. Dog and a very large fish. It's very funny, and I hope you'll join us for that one. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes, and let your friends know, too. You can follow Mr. Dog on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love it if you dropped us a note there to say hi. Our handle is at Mr. Dog's Christmas. For more about Mr. Dog, please go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, that's MrDogsChristmas.com. This has been the Mr. Dog Podcast, a presentation of That So Enterprises. Till next week, I'm Henry Cordes.